Now in its third year, it's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels talking about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Sit back and enjoy, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 206 of A Yank on the Footy. This is the fifth out of the six grand final preview shows that I'll be putting out this week. I'll be sitting down with Mick Aussie tomorrow, and we will go through our discussion of the game as well, and I'll give you my tip for the game at that point in time. Thanks for giving it a listen. In this episode, I'll be sitting down with Bill Robert from Stateside Footy. Bill is a mad Geelong Cat supporter, and he's going to tell us why the Cats will be hoisting the trophy come Saturday evening. Now, don't forget, if you're interested in having your local footy club get a shout-out during an upcoming episode, drop me a note via email at yankonthefooty@gmail.com, or head over to my website, yankonthefooty.com and leave me a note there. And I'll, that'll pop into my email as well. I love being able to highlight local clubs throughout the, uh, the country and throughout the world, quite frankly. And uh, today's club of the episode is being sponsored by MickAussie.tv. And MickAussie.tv is run by Kim Harrison. As we know him and love him here in North America, we call him Mick Aussie. And Mick has spent the last couple of decades running his sports comedy channel where he talks about the NFL, the AFL, which is for his first love, and, of course, the CFL as well, being in the Edmonton area. Now, Mick was a very solid player himself in South Australia, as well as in the Northern Territory. Now, the club of the episode this week, or for this episode, are the Ultima Kangaroos of the Golden Rivers Football League. And Ultima is a small town in Northern Victoria. And when I say small town, it's a small town. It's the kind of town I think Neil Butler should consider having a guest on his uh, Regional 250 podcast to talk about this community. Ultima currently has a population of less than 200 and the club has been in existence since 1979, and in that time, they have won 10 premierships in the Golden Rivers Football League. So they are a very competitive side. And at the recent awards ceremony, Kyle Simons was named their seniors best and fairest, and Angus Hinton was named their most improved player. And I wish the greatest amount of luck to the Ultima Football Club going into 2023. And Mick... Thanks for sponsoring the Club of the Episode this week. Now, folks, remember you can find everything related to the podcast over on my website, yankonthefooty.com. If you want to uh, sign up to be a guest, if you've got a great idea, if you want to leave a review, huge help to the show. Had a fantastic review that was uh, dropped off yesterday on Apple Podcast, and very humbled by that. Cannot tell you how much I appreciate that. If you want to support the show, uh, you can click on the Buy Me a Coffee button down there in the uh, bottom left-hand corner, or you can... Uh, Maybe check out the, the merchandise in the uh, Redbubble store there as well. Alrighty, so ladies and gentlemen, let's jump into my chat with Bill Robert, and Bill's going to tell us why the Cats are going to be winning this weekend. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am absolutely thrilled to welcome back uh, my guest, uh, just an absolute uh, gentleman doing yeoman's work for the game here in the United States. Uh, he hosts stateside footy, broadcasting USAFL contests. He's... Uh, headquartered in the northeastern part of the United States. I was fortunate to have him on the podcast way back in episode 108. So we're almost 100 episodes later that he's coming back on. He's a Mad Cat supporter. So he is on to tell us why the Cats are going to win the grand final this weekend. I'd like to welcome Bill Robert back. Bill, thanks for coming on tonight, man. Greg, thanks for having me. It's always fun. Yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm so glad we were able to, to coordinate this. I know we had a little bit of a timing glitch. Not a big deal. I we worked around it. We're making it work here. Before we dive in and talk about the game, we need to, uh, I want to 
go back and, you know, when I had you on in episode 108, uh, they, people, if you haven't listened to it, you definitely should. Uh, I, I remember we laughed our asses off in that episode, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. I, yes, we did. There was, there was a lot of stuff on that one that, uh, yeah, I, I should probably go back and listen to it myself. But if you want some good laughs, you probably should go back and listen to that one. But tell us a little bit about Stateside Footy for those folks who haven't listened to episode 108. Well, Stateside Footy is a show that's now in the midst of its 12th season. And what we've been doing is um, going out to uh, local footy matches. And also sometimes we've, we've done road trips too. Um, but what we're doing is the, the primary mission was to get, uh, get local footy matches on TV um, using um, public access cable. At the time when I was back in 2009, uh, before I even knew any of this existed, I was looking for, I've been a fan of uh, footy since, since I was in high school. ESPN, mm-hmm. you know, the 80s. And so one day I was doing a Google search for Australian rules football TV listings in the Boston area. And I didn't see any TV listings, but about two pages in, I came across the website of the Boston Demons. And at the time, I didn't even know that anyone over here played Aussie rules. And also, I didn't know there was a team in my backyard. So it just it was kind of there. It's like, wow, you know, this would be a cool thing. So when the season started up the next season, I the next year, I should say, I uh, reached out to the president of the club, who at the time was Mike Shepard. And he's like, yeah, we'd love to have you come on down. And I came down, I shot a Metro match just to kind of test it. And then um, we shot a, a big match, a couple of big matches between Boston and Nashville and Boston and Quebec. And that was the first episode of Stateside Footy. That was uh, summer of 2010. We've been doing it ever since in our 12th season. In fact, next year, we all, I'll mention the fact that this year is the 25th anniversary of the USAFL. Next year, it'll be their 26th season, and it'll be our 13th. So next year, we will have been around half, half. the length of the, half the duration of the league. So Outstanding. And, and, and we're nearing, you mentioned like, you know, your, 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 you know, your episode count. Uh, we're at this point, um, we actually just shot our 93rd, 94th, actually, I'm sorry, 94th, 95th, 96th episode, which I'm going to be editing um, starting tomorrow. Okay. And then after that, there's one more uh, Metro match this year between the uh, Demons and the Main Cats, which we will probably be doing too, and that will be episode 97. So if all goes well, next year, we will get to episode number 100. Outstanding. Now, are you, are you making the trek out to the Nationals this year out in California? This year I am. All right. All right. Good. So you're going to be able to, you're going to do some of the games out there as well then, or? Yeah, I'll do it, but do it as part of the league. I won't be actually shooting any stateside footy out there because okay. you know, when it comes to stateside footy, it means bringing our own gear. And normally if it's nationals, we drive and I just, um, I don't know. I just, just, I just get a little with, with equipment on a plane. I just, I've heard too many stories in the past of stuff getting ripped off or broken and just, yeah, I mean, we're running on a shoestring string budget here, and if equipment gets lost or damaged or whatever, it's not know, getting we can't replaced. Really replace it anytime. Yeah, soon. well, I, I, and I'm glad you mentioned that because you know when, when, and I'm saying when because it's more likely if I ever get to make the trek to Australia, you know, I plan on conducting as many interviews as I can, possibly can while I'm there. So yeah, getting getting said equipment there is going to be a challenge. So I'm sure I'll have to you know, retool my microphone collection to downsize those and maybe go to, you know, more of like the, like the lavalier mics, the little, little lapel mics and that sort of thing that I can use that are much more easily transportable. Mm-hmm. Um, or, uh, I mean, there are also like, for instance, for, um, it's, it's different from my phone because we upgraded my phone this year. And this is the first time I have a phone without it, without a headphone jack. I actually have an adapter with an XLR that comes out to a headphone jack that you can just plug a standard pro mic 
right into right, right. Uh, like this, a mobile device, like a cell phone or something. So here I'm going to have to find something with a USB that I can. Uh, so what, what kind of phone into. do you have now? I've got a Motorola, Motorola, okay. because I had an LG. I was really happy with it. And then unfortunately I was happier with my LG mobile phone than LG was with their mobile phone division. And they're no longer, no longer <laughs> making mobile phones. So, <laughs> so, okay. And, yeah. And Samsung problem with Samsung is they still have those curvy things and I can't get a, a good case that goes around the whole edge of the phone. Cause I dropped mine a lot. In fact, I've already gone through two, two screen protectors on this one. So. Okay. Yeah. I've, I have, I've been, I think this is, I'm on my third, I think I've had an iPhone 12. I, I, I don't, I'm not somebody that has to have the latest and greatest. So, I mean, I'll, when I have a phone, I'll have it for like five years. So well, there, there's, and, and there's also too, um, a company called JK audio makes a little thing that you basically just plug a mic in and it's a Bluetooth and it connects right in. Okay. Okay. I've seen the, I've seen the ones where you can plug it into the, the, uh, the, like the charger jack you know, that you would typically have on like the bottom of the iphone i've seen things like that the little adapters that allow that to happen yeah i mean when it comes you know i mean a phone is a perfectly good uh, thing if you're recording video um the key is like most phones nowadays it will record in 4k so mm-hmm. if you're producing 1080 content on the web if you're shooting 4k it's going to give you a much bigger image so you can actually zoom in technically without zooming in oh okay the 4k image to fit into the, to get the whole image into your screen you actually have to shrink it okay but if you do just the native 4K and a 1080 timeline, it'll give you, you'll already be like zoomed in part of the way. So, yeah, well, nobody wants to zoom in on me, so I don't worry too much about <laughs> that. But I, uh, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> there's a reason, as I said, there's a reason I don't usually do video with my podcast because, uh, well, for that very reason, other than the stuff I put on Instagram. So, mm-hmm. uh, were you, are you as surprised, you know, that the cats are in the grand final. Did you think that was possible back when round one was coming about this year? No, it didn't really hit me till the really the middle of the season, obviously the start of this uh, uh, 15 game winning streak they're on now. And one of the things I saw, and it harkened back to the premiership years where you just look at the depth of this team. And I haven't seen this much depth in this team in a long time. Mm -hmm. I mean, back in the premiership years, you had Scarlett in the back, you had Enright, and you had Mackie, but then you had guys like Lonergan, you had um, Josh Hunt, and here now you've got Tom Stewart back there, you've got the Blitzovs mostly back there, but you've also got guys like uh, Jack Henry, you've got uh, Jed Buse who's done a great job, and oh my God, DeConing this year has yes. been a revelation. Yes. So I mean, that's the thing, I mean, you've got depth, and it's to the point now, like, even between the midfield and the forwards, you've got a guy like, right now, uh, like Brandon Parfit right now who can't get a game. Although, he, although he might get a game this week. He might, yeah. I yes. mean, there's still, still the whole, the whole Max Holmes situation. I thought he was dead. I thought he was done. And then Chris Scott at the presser said the medical team is optimistic. And I'm yes. like, what's going on here? So I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I, I'm still kind of half and half on that. Cause if he, if he's good to go, I'd love to see him in the side. But if it's one of those things where he, he's kind of in the side with crossed fingers, it's like, yeah. Get somebody yeah. that's completely healthy instead of somebody who could fall apart, you know, five yeah. minutes into the game because yeah. you don't want to find yourself a man down for the yeah. duration of the game. Yeah. But um, especially, you know, someone who's, whose game depends so much on, a, on his run and carry and you yes. got a dodgy hamstring. That's, that's yes. just that's absolutely uh, very disconcerting. Yeah. And I I mentioned to you and, you know, you watch you watch the games through the watch AFL app because you're an international member. But uh, I was telling you and I don't think you had had heard about this, that. 
this weekend, you know, the, the Swans and uh, Magpies game, which was an exciting game, an exciting finish. Be one of the more exciting finishes I've seen of a, in a game that didn't have an after, you know, after the siren goal. Right. Uh, the last minute, minute and a half of the game wasn't on television on FS1. FS1 moved on to another program, and it was probably a 20-year-old UFC fight or people playing poker or um, cornhole or, or whatever. I don't think it was the, uh, the, the rugby video that they oh, yeah. have played in the past, but you mentioned well, yeah, something I else. I think with the previous week's finals, I think I saw someone quote on Twitter that for all of a sudden the Fox feed went to the rugby thing and then they had to bring it back. Yeah. Well, I, and I actually, would think by now they would have cut together an Aussie rules feed. I mean, for God's sake, just take the highlight reels of the mark of the year and the goal of the year well, and throw just, that in. Or just, you know what, you know, offer up, offer up video from one of your, one of your broadcasts, you know, put your watermark in the bottom of it and say, Hey, just stick this on here. Yeah. It'll give you, it give you a little bit of a, you know, give you a little bit of advertising as well. But, you know, you mentioned something from back when we were kids that I, I, I remembered it, but I, I, I don't recall having seen it happen, but it is known as the Heidi game. Yes. And, to, and to, you know, for old people like us remember that at least, but you know, in Australia, they may not, uh, they may not know about this at all, or even some young people here. So give us a quick synopsis of what the Heidi game was. Uh, well, the Heidi game actually probably resulted in, um, some of the, the most vehement calls going to NBC. Basically what it was, was it was, um, uh, Amer- back in the days of the American Football League. So, so once again, this is an AFL mat- yeah. game as well, but, you know, just in a different form. And it was in 1968. 1968, it was the Raiders against the Jets. Uh-huh. And um, you had to mention the Jets. Yeah, I had to mention the Jets, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and so <laughs> there was like a, a last-minute win, and it was really an exciting last-second finish. But the network, it was since it was going over, you know, over the allotted time, they actually cut to uh, their feature program, which was a, the television film of the story Heidi. And so, therefore, many viewers missed the Raiders' comeback against the Jets. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's, it's funny you mention that because after the Browns game uh, where they gave up two touchdowns in the last minute and 50 seconds today ended, I had to get out of the house. I wasn't, I, I'm not yelling and screaming, throwing, I don't do that anymore. I don't, it, it's the Browns. I don't, it's, I'm, I expect it now. Okay, I've expected it for the last 20 years. I took my dogs for a walk and I got down to the end of the street. You know, some people who I talk to all the time, they were out on the porch. She, Jet, the husband was out having a beer. And I said, boy, I said, can you believe the end of that Browns game? And like I said, yeah. He said like, yeah, they played a great game. I said, they lost. He said, you're kidding me. They lost? He said, I, I came out here when they scored that touchdown to go up 13 points. I said, no, they, they lost it the last minute and a half there. So so he had his own Heidi game. He had a self-imposed Heidi game. Yes. He didn't see the end of it there. So, yeah. So it's, uh, yeah. I, and I, I mentioned uh, when I talked to Donnie and I said, you know, I wonder if it's just automated there where there's nobody at Fox sports who's actually on duty and it just Probably. switched over to something at that point in time. Um, but hopefully they won't make that mistake this week because we have a slightly bigger game coming up. And, uh, you know, this was a terrific final series. Um, but, you know, I, I was wanting to, to get your keys on why you think the Cats are going to win this week. So 
Yeah, that's that's you know, you as a longtime cat supporter, I wanted to bring you on to talk about that and uh, tell us why you think the cats are going to win. It goes back to what I've already mentioned, which is the depth. I mean, I talked about the depth in the back, but but you know, in front, I mean, for the, for a while, it was if you can stop Hawkins, you can stop the cats. If you stop Hawkins and and, and bug Cameron. Yeah, but now you've got that uh, that small crumbing forward in Stengel, who mm-hmm. has been another revelation this year. I actually, I, I love this guy. But you also have other people there that can contribute as well. You've got guys like Close, uh, Brad Close. You've got obviously Holmes. You know, he's kind of you know up in the air. But but I mean, just as part as part of that fifteen game winning streak, I mean, he he did figure in that quite a bit. And the guys in the midfield, obviously, you've got Selzy Danger. Um, the Ruck situation, I mean, uh, Reese Stanley's been doing okay. Uh, some people were calling for Segler to be brought in after uh, uh, Stanley kind of get uh, shown up a little bit against the, the Pies, but they kept him in the side, and he seemed to do fine. Um, and so, but even like in, in the uh, the midfield too, once again, you've got, you know, got, and, and this, one of the keys is, talk about depth, you've got certain players who have developed really well. I mean, a while back, I would hold my breath anytime Cam Guthrie got the ball. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, not Cam Guthrie, Zach Guthrie. Zach Guthrie Cam yes. Guthrie, I love. Cam Guthrie's been a stud right along. But when Zach Guthrie got the ball, I don't know. This this year, he's he's been, you know, it's, it, 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 he's really developed into a fine player. He's getting it, yes, and he's yes. doing stuff. And he's come up big on a number of occasions mm-hmm. in these final games that they've played so far. Yeah, he's been, he has been fun to watch, you know, growing into his position. Because I, I started following the game, you know, in 2016, towards the end of the season, and really got into it in 2017. And I have a 2017, you know, team photo of the cats hanging up in my classroom. And I have a 2022 underneath it. And then 17 poster, Zach Guthrie looks like he's about 12 <laughs> in that, in that, in that photo. But, and I mentioned the other day, I said, he, you know, he's at the point now where, you know, Chris Scott is writing his name in ink on the yes. list of players that are in the 22. It's no longer going on in pencil. It's in ink now. He's, he's, he's got a spot out there and, and he's, he's earned it. He's worked his ass off to get to that position. And I'm. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm, I'm very I'm happy with the way him. that Zach Guthrie has played this year. Yeah. Uh, and keep in mind, one of the biggest things even going into the final series was they brought up, Oh, Rowan, you know, what's Rowan going to do? Rowan usually kind of collapses during the finals. He came out, had a very strong game, kicked a couple of goals against Collingwood. He kicked a couple of goals against Brisbane the other day. Mm -hmm. And this is the thing where if he can really start hitting in finals, you've got someone who can bring speed, who can bring attack. And that's hearkening back to the days of David Wojcicki back in the uh, premiership years. I mean, think about the depth where you had guys, you had guys like Chapman out there. You had Bartell. I mean, just names after names after names. And this year there are more players who are just getting it done. You know, you know, so you don't have a David Wojcicki or a Shannon Burns, but you've got, you know, Rowan, who is still a speed burner. Uh, Close does a nice job too, getting through there. And even right. like Rowan in the, um, the first final game against uh, Collingwood, you know, that last, that last goal, he did not take that mark, but he got in behind steel side bottom and was able to pick up the ball. The ball did sit for him. He didn't have very good balance. He was kind of over the ball, but mm-hmm. he didn't try to kick it. He just he just saw Max Holmes right there. Just hit you take it. And Holmes yeah. was in an open goal square and just blasted it right through for the game winner. Right, and and so, that's one that's one of the, the things you know. And I went back and I looked at it today that you know the Cats are their forward line is so unselfish. Yes, uh, you know it's uh, you know I was looking at. Uh, you know, the, uh, you have, 
let's see, you have 10 players. You got 10 players that have at least 11 goal assists on the season and right. three, three that have 20 or that have 20 or more. And Brian Myers has 19. And by the way, in this season, who led the, the AFL in goal in uh, score involvements? That was Hawkins, I believe. Yes, Tom yeah. Hawkins. Yeah. The Tomahawk. So he's still, even if he can't get to the sticks, he's still doing stuff. He's right. still making things right. happen with other players. And once again, having Stengel out there has done a nice job taking some of the pressure off the two big guys. Oh, yeah. And, and that's the thing where even, you know, even if you start to pressure the big guys, you let them loose for one second. Hawkins mm-hmm. will burn you. Jezza will burn you. I mean, in case in point, that final against Collingwood, um, when he got the, the, the ball with that um, out on the full kick, and mm-hmm. he's got Collingwood supporters right behind him, screaming at him. Yes, yes. God only knows what 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 kind what kind of things they were shouting at him. But he hits that really, and he's hit that twice this year. Once he hit it on the, on the siren, I think the end of quarter. But it just kicks in and then just bends in beautifully and comes right through. And then he just goes back to the supporters and puts a hand up there like, "What? I can't hear I can't you." Can't hear you. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That was which, beautiful. Which, which great. And that was beautiful. The other thing I'm seeing from the cats this year, there were some times in previous years where it would seem that if there was a contest on the ground and one of the other team's players went down for it, they seemed to pull up a little bit. Mm-hmm. This year, going in there, I'm seeing a lot of hunger from the younger guys and the older guys. I mean, the other day out there, uh, Dangerfield. I mean. That, you know, that, that gap he had for a while. Right now, he is in fantastic form. And you see him out there late in the game, and he's still bounding up and down the ground just going after it. Yes, yes. I mean, it's – and I think, you know, he only played, I think, uh, 16 or 17 games this season. So, I think that he is probably you – know, I, I would say he probably has to be the freshest he has ever been. Right. You know, at this point in the season, you know, during what will be the, the you know, the, the club's last game of the season, whatever, or wherever it happened to be. I think he's probably fresher now than he has been since he's been a member of Geelong. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, as, as a, obviously I'm new, I'm in new England. So I'm a Patriots fan. It's like, how did the NFL feel about uh, giving Tom Brady the first four weeks off in that season? Yeah, that's yeah. true. Let the revenge tour begin. That's true. Yes. They, uh, you know, you know how they felt. They felt deflated. Um, All right. You. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, it took balls for me to say that. Sorry. Yes, yes. Uh, but <laughs> so, what you fair what, leather fan yeah i know yeah yeah i'm uh i'm keep in mind i'm i'm i as yeah, i'm a brown supporter and i just i just i'm i mean yeah because, the, I, because the, I grew up here okay this is this has no. been my team forever and i had a i grew up in a house where a father in the 70s decided you know what i'm going to hedge my bets and be a fan of the steelers and the cowboys wow that so. that, that turned out interesting in a couple of super bowls Yes, it did. Yeah. Well, I th- he was uh, he had uh, imbibed a little too much. I don't think he remembered they were even playing. Quite frankly, <laughs> um, I, I guess my question about the Browns and this was, you know, that they've kind of got me scratching my head this year because it's like, okay, you you went out and get Deshaun Deshaun Watson, yeah, and all that stuff hanging over his head. Oh, he's probably going to be suspended. Oh, let's get rid of Baker. It's like, well. Really? I, I I understand the the the, the uh, situation there with Baker Mayfield might have been somewhat untenable. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's just Brissett, you know, it, Actually, Jacoby Brissett has actually he he was not the problem today. I mean, you know, the offense put thirty points on the board. Mm-hmm. The the defense, uh, the 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 secondary, yes, yeah, was was terrible. Oh, yeah, um, I mean, Brissett is not the guy who blew a thirteen point lead. No, he was not. Uh-uh. He was not at day. all. 
Yes, it, it absolutely was. And I, and I think the defensive coordinator might not want to buy any green bananas because he's going to, you know, he's going to be looking for a new, uh, new location soon. I, I, they have to, this guy has been, he has so many great tools to work with and just keeps using, you know, it is just things have not improved on the defensive side and there's, there's, it's too good of a group over there. So, so back uh, to, back to the cats and the swans. Yes, back to the cats and the swans. So let's, you know, what about the, what things about the swans have you worried? What are the things that you look at the swans and go, okay, they could very easily win this. And they, they, let's be honest, they very easily could win this. They're in the grand final. They're a good side. Sydney is the, 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 the team that probably concerned me the most of the, the possible teams that the cats were going to face. Um, but I'm still glad they won the grand final because I didn't want to see Collingwood again. No, I was I, I was glad to see you know the Victorian sides out to give the you know to give the Cats something that sort of resembled a home final. Yes. I mean, you know, it's, oh, that's that's the thing. Going back to a few years ago when it was I think the uh, the, the qualifying final where it was Richmond against Geelong and it was a Geelong home game. Mm-hmm. But it's like, okay, you're playing Richmond. You, it's a home game. In a team in, in an arena where you kick to the punt road end. Yes. You know, I right know. next door to the punt road oval where right. Richmond is at yeah. their headquarters. I know. Yeah, well, so that's I, a home game. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, I and I've and I have I've learned to accept that. It's it, it's it's one of those things that that I you know when I and I try to explain that to people. I said, you know, that that sort of thing. I, I said, you know, supporters of teams here in the States in the NFL or college football, if they told uh, you know, if they told uh, the um, the University of Iowa football team they're going to getting right, they're going to host Michigan, and the Big Ten says, you know what, Iowa, we're going to have you go ahead and play your home game at the Big House in Ann Arbor, Michigan, because it seats thirty five thousand more people. Mm-hmm. That would go over like the proverbial turd in a punch bowl. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, but but I but I understand it, you know, from the AFL's aspect in terms of wanting to put as many seats in butts and seats as possible but I'm, I'm hoping that once the um the new stands are constructed you know in geelong I'm, I'm hoping and i've talked to people uh online who you know who are part you know work in the organization such that that they're that they've been pushing to try to ensure that they get like all of their home games in geelong rather than having to have any of them in melbourne they got one more in geelong this year and they're going to try to continue that going forward as well so we'll see what happens but so yeah. Looking at the Swans again, what what are the things that you know? You said that they were the ones that worried you the most, but mm-hmm. what worried you? What, what were the things that actually worried you? Well, there's always the ever-present threat of Buddy Franklin. Mm-hmm. Although in researching, you know, in, in looking back, I realized that you know how, how long has Buddy been with the Swans? I think he came over in 2013, something like that. Yeah, yeah, because when the Swans beat Hawthorne in 2012, mm-hmm. wasn't Buddy still with the, the Hawks at the time? I believe so, because then he switched, and then it was back in the the. Didn't he play in the grand final then with the Swans, and then lost? Well, they, I believe they lost one with the Hawks. Okay. And then they lost to the Dogs. Okay. Who, who won that? You know that that that, that big uh, win for them that kind of put them back in the conversation for a while. Yeah. So that that's it's like have have the Swans won with Buddy yet? But you've got, as I mentioned, you've got depth, you've got speed, you've got other guys like uh, Papley, uh, who who actually came in under a bit of controversy for his game winner where they say he pushed off. Pushed on, off. Uh, and, and, you know. and you know what? I, I mean, it looked like his arms extended, but dude, did he, did he push? I don't know. You know the, but here, the, here, here's the thing in both cases, 
in the qualifying final against Geelong and in the prelim against Sydney, both times, okay, yes, perhaps there was a call or a non-call that might have had an effect on the game. And yes, okay, you know, the, maybe the umpires did blow it. But when you kick as many behinds as you kick goals. Yeah, you know, you, that's you, fair. You, 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 yeah, I mean, if you kick that straighter, the umpiring decision has no part of it. That's you certainly know. fair. And yeah. I looked, and I mean, you know, most most of those were kicked, and there were a couple of rush behinds, but most of those were kicked and missed. And I remember, like, in the Geelong game, uh, Elliot had a couple of sitters that he missed mm-hmm. early on. Uh, and you even look and um, just looking at the stats of, of the uh, the other game, too, it just – well, going back to also talking about, you know, wayward kicking costing you a game, uh, one of the things I look back on, and this was obviously long before uh, Geelong came into the form that they're playing in right now. But the, uh, the early season meeting between these two clubs where the, uh, the Swans won by five goals, it was yeah. 107-77. But you look at the score line, Sydney kicked 17-5. Geelong kicked 10-17. Mm-hmm. Geelong actually have five more scoring shots. Right, right. So think about that. I mean, if anything, if those five, if those five kicks had gone straight, you'd be looking at at least a draw. That's true. That's true. And, and looking at that, I mean, just looking, you know, and, and – so I was looking at this, this scoring breakdown, um, 17 goals for Sydney, and then three – basically, there were five behinds. Two of those were rushed, so they only missed three kicks all game. Meanwhile, you know, Geelong, there were five rushed, but also six to the, six to the right, five to the left, and one off the post. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's the thing. And that goes back to, you know, what we uh, jokingly referred to on stateside footy as the first rule of footy. Kick too many behinds, get your behind kicked. That's – Makes sense. Yeah, absolutely does. So, I mean, and you look at the stats in that game, it was crazy because, you know, uh, Heaney, Isaac Heaney, five goals. Franklin kicked four. Hayward kicked three. I mean, you look at Geelong, Brad Close led the scoring. He kicked 4-1, but then Hawkins kicked 1-2. Duncan kicked 1-1. I think Cameron kicked 0-3. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they definitely, you know, they were having issues. You know, as I said, you know, you know, Hayward contributed for Sydney, but Wayward contributed for Geelong. Yes, yes, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. yeah. So if the if the cats kick straight, then things could go very well for them. And you know, they might be able to, you know, not necessarily get, you know, exact their revenge, but you know, get the you know, win a game that that against a club that they didn't beat earlier in the season. So, you know, this is a I think this is a very compelling game. Um mm-hmm. and it, you know. I, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, but of course, you know, I've, I've been, you know, I've been, uh, you know, I've seen one championship in my lifetime that I, that I'm cognizant of the Browns won in 1964 when I was about a year old, but uh, I don't remember much about that one, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> quite frankly. <laughs> so, Oh man, you should have been around in 2011. That was, that was an experience. Yep. I have uh I had somebody send me um, the Herald Sun posters. So I've got the, the 20, uh, 07, 09, and 11 posters, uh, like team photos. I, I, they got the medals hanging up on the ceiling in my I in this, technically my have them, but they're on the DVD covers of all the DVDs from those games, which I, which I ordered from the AFL. Oh, okay. And I actually have a region-free DVD player that will play any of them. Oh, outstanding. And that is, that, that is something that's probably worthwhile getting, isn't it, for, the, for yes, that it purpose? Is. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I've also got like, they had a thing of like great games and they had, 
uh, some Cats Hawthorne games, including the classic one where uh, Hawkins kicked it after the siren mm -hmm. after they blew like a 50 point lead. Wow. Wow. Was, yeah. So, 2012 round 19, a classic. Okay. And, and you talk about a classic, not just classic, you know, obviously, you know, Geelong had a huge lead. It went away, but that they fought back and were able to do it with a kick after the siren. Uh, but it was one of the best calls and there's a, a clip online where they basically have everyone's call. Dennis Cometti's call is actually, you know, it's, it's legendary. And in fact, when they did his retrospect, they actually included that call. Uh, but you have others like Hawkins kicks. It's a goal. It's a goal. Uh, the guys from K-Rock is just, ah! you know, you know how K-Rock <laughs> is. But probably my favorite radio call of it was Anthony Hudson, who's a Geelong supporter. Right. Um, and so Hawkins takes his kick and it's going through the sticks. And Hudson doesn't say it's a goal or it's through. Basically, the way he describes it is Hawthorne hearts are breaking, which I thought was brilliant. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to describe it. Yeah, I mean, I I love Anthony Hudson. As far as commentators right now, he is my favorite active commentator. Okay. And I say active because my heart will always belong to Dennis Cometti. Dennis Cometti, yeah. Yes, that's uh, – yeah, I, I, I need to go find more of his games to listen to just to get the – the, the the tenor of what you know of what he was like because you know everybody says he was terrific and I, I'm sure I heard a few before he stepped aside before I realized that that's who I was listening to yeah the voice yeah. the cadence I mean every, yeah. everything about him but the, the great thing is just you know the one-liners I mean one of my favorite well there's some great committee I mean you'll just look up committeeisms on, mm -hmm. online you'll find a couple that there was one where Collingwood and he actually used this one later against Geelong too and they were having a problem talking about wayward kicking. They were like missing kicks left and right. And, and committee said, yeah, you know, right now, uh, they're, they're being uh, very wasteful. They're, they're missing their kicks. And right now Collingwood would be kicking themselves, except the way they're going today, they'd probably miss. <laughs> and then the other one, it was committee commenting on uh, commentating on a Western Bulldogs game. And it was Tom Libertori who went into a pack looking for a ball and apparently got whacked and came out and it looked like he had teared up a little bit. Yeah. And so committee said, yep, Libertory went into that pack optimistically and came out misty optically. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, wow. That's, that's, that is, that's, that's, that's brilliant. brilliant. That's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. So back to this Saturday's game. Mm -hmm. uh, what are you looking at for a score? What if you had to predict a score? What do you think is the score? And who is your Smokey for the Norm Smith? I'm thinking the Cats by two goals, probably something around, say, 86 to 74. Okay. All right. And uh, as far as a Smokey for the Norm Smith, I mean, obviously, the, the odds on favorite, if it is the Cats, would probably be uh, either Danger or Jezza um, or, or Hawk. But you're talking about there's a guy in there who – Ended last season as a delisted free agent. Uh huh. Ended this home and away season as, as an all Australian. Yes. Yes. If if we're looking for a smoky for the uh, for the grand final for the Norm Smith, I'm going in on Tyson Stengel. God, wouldn't you love to see that? Yes. That would be that would be great. Well, you, you remember because I mean he had some some off off field problems too. Right. Right. And you remember in the, in the 2011 grand final, even though he you know, his team didn't wind up winning, there was a lot of press around Nathan Cracker that year. Um, even the fact that, you know, he, he won mark of the year, although a lot of people say the Andrew Walker mark over, um, over Carlisle should have taken it, but, uh, 
but uh, Cracker won it, and and they were all set to do the story. I mean, here was a guy who has had some serious off off field problems, has come back, he's found his place with Collingwood, and he's playing for a premiership. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you, you so you had this guy who was first of all, you know, was, is being mentored by I believe he's a cousin or something like that. I mean, Eddie Betts. Yes. I mean, even though he's not a he's not playing, how good is it to see Eddie Betts wearing Geelong gear? You could ar- you, you could argue that that he might be the recruit of the year for the club because without him, Stangle probably does not come to Geelong. Right. Yeah. Right. And he's been with him and giving advice. And it just seems it seems like at least for the time being that Stengel has righted that ship. Well, from what I if I remember correctly, somebody said he's actually living with with mm-hmm. Eddie's family. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But, and, and I don't know if he's still there, but I mean that's you look for that kind of stability because you know that is you know that is just you know an absolute gentleman. I I've every I've loved and been, you know, just you know, with bated breath every time I see him being interviewed. It's just fascinating to listen to him. Yeah, I mean Eddie. Eddie is such a class act, and on the field, oh my God! You know, you watch his highlights, and it's just—I mean—the stuff the guy could do. And right. if he can right. mentor somebody and impart some of at least some of that, yes, I mean that—that's—that bodes very well. Yes, um, it absolutely and, does. So I mean, it's one of those things. Like when I was watching, and, and I have to confess that you know I really had come back on board when I was doing stateside footy in 2010. I'm like. Okay, this is, you know, this like I, I haven't been watching for years, but that, you know, it was actually available on TV again. So I, I wound up, you know, that, that was a year I kind of get back into into footy. Um, so I, I didn't see the 07 or the 09 premierships live. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I've watched them a ton after the fact. So the first premiership I was able to watch live was, was 2011, which okay. was very special, even though my favorite cat at the time was injured in that game. And who was that? That was James Podsey Adley. Okay. Um, just it's such he is such a great story too. I mean, he figured he was a lifer in the VFL. I was gonna and, say I, and, I see him. His he's in this picture here with his arm in a sling, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He dis- basically, he came down after going up for a mark and dislocated his shoulder. Okay. And Jeff Allen, the uh, the doctor, the team doctor, literally had to hang on his arm to get it back in there. They actually they had to bring him to the hospital. But Poziadily wouldn't go until after the game because he wanted to be there. And he was sitting on the sidelines with his arm in the sling. Uh-huh. Um, and, I mean, here's a guy who was with the VFL for years in Werribee and then came to Geelong as part of the VFL team but also as, uh, as like, an assistant coach. And they noticed that when they were doing the, um, the, 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 the practices between the VFL and AFL squads that Poziadily was out marking everybody. Oh, okay. And so that's one of the things is, what, as I mentioned once upon a time that when I really got back into the game was 2010 when I discovered the Boston demons. And that was the year that um, he was drafted for the AFL side. So I, I, the way I described it was this is the year I rediscovered the AFL. And this is, although te- you know, it's the year I rediscovered footy, uh-huh. and this is the year footy rediscovered James Ponzi Adley. There you go. There you go. So, yeah. All and, right. Yeah. So before we wrap up, where can people find stateside footy? Uh, Stateside Footy is actually available on two places online. It can be found on um, YouTube. And, and for years, I've been saying, oh, just do a, just do a search for Stateside Footy. It'll be there. Um, someone has actually started doing a soccer blog on YouTube called Stateside Footy. Oh. Well, but okay. I, I always identify myself with Stateside Footy TV because okay. my primary mission is still access television, still putting it actually on, on TVs. Uh-huh. So the web stuff is more more ancillary too, 
but what I've wound up doing is a long time ago, I did make up a separate YouTube channel for stateside footy and I just hadn't done much with it. Um, but what I've done is I'm, I'm in the midst of, yeah, in fact, I think the final episodes are going to go in tomorrow, but all 93 finished episodes of stateside footy will now be in a stateside footy TV channel. And, 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 and even broken out into playlists for each season. And that, that okay. that's up on YouTube. In addition, you can also go to a Vimeo.com slash channels slash stateside footy TV. And we've got all the episodes up there too. So, and the other thing is if you want to watch it on TV and you've got the local access center near you uh, call them because we are actually available on two services. One's called Teleview connect. The other one's called Peg media. And through that stations across the country can download cable access shows and run them on their own stations. Okay. Uh, so far my show has been downloaded, I think 13 or 1400 times it's run on 108 different stations across the country. Cool. That's great. Yeah. I just looked up the, uh, I just looked up the Vimeo link and I just put that in my, uh, um, in my notes here. So I will add that into the show notes along with the, uh, the link on YouTube as well then. So terrific. So are you going to be watching live? Oh, hell yeah. Okay. Good deal. Actually, here's, here's the crazy thing is uh, Friday night. I've actually got a football game to do myself. Me too. I've got a high school football game to direct in North Andover. Yeah. And so we, we go back to the, to the studio after everything's done. We break down, we pack up. We probably drop all the equipment back off of the studio at like 9 p.m. And so then what, time do, come, what time do you guys start your games there then? Um, well, the, the, the grandpa, the, uh, the grand, uh, as far as football. Yeah. You're, uh, six o'clock kickoff. Okay. Ours are seven o'clock. I'm, I'm, I've been a PA announcer at the school where I teach for the last 13 years. Yeah. So it's a yeah. six o'clock kickoff, which means basically the game ends around eight and then it's like an hour of takedown and packing up and then okay. bringing everything back to the studio. Um, so, so I'm getting out of there at nine, coming back, picking up uh, my co-commentator, Tyler DeWallaby, who's actually been with the show for a couple of years now. And he and I are going down to the uh, Demon's Grand Final Party that starts at 11. Oh, terrific. Yeah. So, terrific. so I'm basically working like a, a long day doing football and then just going right to the Grand Final Party. Yep. And then my wife's got a, got another trade show the next day doing her jewelry. So I'm going to be helping her out with that too. So I'm going to be pretty toasty like the end of the day, but, and I, even my wife and I were talking about it on, on the way home tonight. And I'm like, you know, uh, if, if Geelong weren't in the grand final, I would probably skip it this year and just yeah. do a football game and then help you. But I'm like, Geelong's in it. I can't, right. I can't right. Not go. So what, let me ask you this before, before we go, what is your favorite, uh, um, provider of caffeine? Oh, it's actually kind of funny because I gave up soda, I think uh -huh. seven or eight years ago. Because soda used to be my main source of caffeine because I okay. never got down with coffee. I just never did. I hate coffee, actually. Um, so for years, it was either Coke or Dr. Pepper. Uh, for a while, it was Jolt when that was still around. Yes. Okay. But yeah. But uh, no, nowadays, it's either iced tea or 7-Eleven um, actually has a thirst quencher drink now. Like, like their version of Gatorade. But they have one that's caffeinated okay. and it's pineapple flavored. And pineapple is like one of my absolute favorite flavors. Oh, so. that's oh cool. Okay. Yeah, so. So I'm probably going to wind up like pounding a bunch of those. Okay. That sounds good. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm sure I'll be drinking coffee during the evening because I'm a big coffee nut. So I'll be, yeah, I know that uh, Donnie said he's doing, a, he's going to be live. He's going to be doing a live stream on his uh, YouTube channel for the game, but I'm, I don't know, but I, I may try to do a live episode on the, on my podcast that night, but we'll see how it goes. I just, uh, I've been having some issues where I've been getting some, some feedback the last time I tried to do live episodes through my my podcast host so i probably should yeah. work on that before i try that so hey bill 
I appreciate you coming on, man. I know it's getting late there and you know, you've got, you've got stuff in the morning. I, I I'm doing another interview in, let's see, uh, less than seven hours. Okay. Yeah. That's going to be, and I'm looking forward to that one. A lot of fun, just a very energetic gentleman that, I'll, that I've had on before as well. So Go I, cats. Pre- I appreciate it. Absolutely. Go cats. You know, I, I, I'm saying that I'm trying to be impartial during all of these, but since I'm talking to Bill, I will say go cats on this one. I, I must, I must actually say one more thing too. I mentioned all the depth and all the players who've come along. I would be remiss if I didn't mention Mitch, Mitch Duncan, because he has been uh-huh. a stalwart in that midfield for the cats. Yes, yes he has. He has. Uh, it's uh, and you know, that's, and, and I actually, I asked uh, Donnie that I said, you know, if, if they win, I said, do you think any of these older players step aside? I said, does, does Joel Selwood decide, okay, I'm going to go out on top? Does Mitch Duncan decide I'm going to go out on top? You know, I don't think Hawkins is planning on retiring, but, you know, he's 34. Does he decide, you know what, I'm ready to go back and – Hawkins has already said he wants to come back for another year. Good, good. I, I mean, I, I think the way he plays and the shape he's in, mm-hmm. you, know, he, it, it, you know, Buddy is, what, 37 now, I think? Yeah. You know, maybe he could get another four years because he's – and this is a pipe dream kind of a thing because he's right now, I think, 271 goals away from a thousand. He's not likely to get to a thousand, but he might get to he might get to 800, 850 before he's all done. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Something could yeah. happen. Yeah. I mean, I just mentioned it obviously too, and one of the players I did want to mention because I did look some stuff up in Sydney um, was I think it was a was Callum Mills, mm-hmm. who was who was I think finished tops in the team for the Brownlow votes. And uh, has had a heck of a season. Oh yeah, they yeah. It's been Sydney is a really good side. Yeah, I mean, Mills, uh, he had twenty one votes. Luke Parker had sixteen. Chad Warner had twelve. Um, Buddy had eight, but he was ineligible. But Heaney and Papley had seven and five. So I mean, they've got a bunch of players in there. Um, yeah. And Cameron was top ten, which I like to see. Yes, he was. Yeah, I I had uh, my my preseason prediction. I I had uh, tipped Tuke Miller to mm-hmm. win the Brownlow. So well, he, he came, came third. Came third. So yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. What about that uh, that last round by Cripps? Yeah, because he was in third. He basically just leapfrogged, you know, two guys, two guys on top of him. Right, and and of course, then he was also, you know, he's you know the you know getting off with the tribunal, also on something that was very comparable to what Willie Rioli did against the Cats, uh-huh. and did yeah. get suspended for. You know that yeah, was so. <laughs> that was interesting that, that he didn't get suspended for that. He he must have had a much better attorney than Rioli had. And uh, once again, Ennio Morricone gets another royalty check. There you go. There you well, go. the music they play when they announce the Brownlow winner? Yeah. That's the end title from the film The Untouchables. Oh. Okay. Yes. Okay. I didn't I didn't I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, no, it's been it's funny because ever since I started watching the AFL again, that's that's the track they use every year when they bring the Brownlow winner up to the stage. It's the end title from the Untouchables, composed by the late Ennio Morricone. Okay. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't even thinking about the music. And, 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 you know, it was when I was watching, I didn't watch the whole thing. I watched the highlights of it, but it was, uh, yeah, I'm, I was pulling for Miller. I just, I thought, you know, I, cause I, I think that, you know, Oliver and Petrarca are going to have a hard time winning because they're going to be taking votes from each other. Yeah. So. Well, Petrarca yeah. also, they, they, I don't know. I just, after, after seeing what happened uh, with, uh, I don't know if you, you saw what, what happened with him today, but uh he was at one point. Uh, Gil McLaughlin was reading his uh, his votes in one game, and he said Petraka, not Petraka. <laughs> and there was a camera that caught Petraka 
saying something like, oh, it's come on, it's effing Petraka or something like that. <laughs> and so if he had if he had wound up winning it and 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 uh, Gil had totally butchered his name calling him up, that would have yes, that would that would have yes. been awkward. Yeah, it absolutely would have. You know, and I, but you know, I you know this is he's moving on here shortly, so. I keep hearing rumblings that he's going to start working with the Olympic committee. So, well, yeah. So, but, so I guess who's next there? Not a clue. I don't know. I don't have a clue who's going to be the new commissioner. The I don't know enough. Jackson. Why not? Why not BT? Let's make Brian Taylor the commissioner. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I gotta hear the brown low cut. Hand the the votes. Wally. Oh boy. It's like, yeah, whatever. Next. <laughs> okay, man. Hey, have All a right. great night. It's you fun too, talking Greg. with you, man. I appreciate it. You bet. Right. Thanks so much. Take uh-huh. care. Get some sleep. Absolutely. Bye-bye. All right, Bill. Thanks a whole lot, man. It's a lot of fun. Uh I do enjoy laughing with you. You are a great deal of fun. I love talking to fellow cat supporters as well. That's not to say I don't love talking to supporters of other clubs, because I certainly do. But, uh, hey, we're in this together this weekend. So, folks, if you head over to my website, yankonthefooty.com, you'll find everything you need about the podcast. There are links to all my socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I believe my LinkedIn is there as well. You can reach me by email by sending me a note there at yankonthefooty.gmail.com. I do hope you'll get signed up on the mailing list so that when new episodes come out, they will be in your inbox within just a couple of minutes. And, ladies and gentlemen... The finals are fast approaching. The grand final is just about here. I'm stoked. I'm excited. Of course, I'm a little nervous. Um, I kind of wish I was able to be hanging out in Geelong this week to just, you know, be able to enjoy the uh, the heightened excitement that's going on there. And uh, if anybody thinks about it and, uh, you know, should what we hope happens occur, if somebody grabs an extra copy of the newspaper or something of that nature and wants to drop it in the mail to me, uh, I wouldn't hate that. That would be wonderful. But uh, that would be very cool, as a matter of fact. But um, we got to get there first. So let's keep our fingers crossed, cat supporters, swans. It's going to be one hell of a game. Like I said, I'll have my uh, tips episode tomorrow with uh, Mick Aussie, looking forward to bringing that to you. But ladies and gentlemen, make sure you look out for each other. Take care of your friends. Talk to your family. Make sure everybody's okay. Let them know if you're okay. And if you need to talk somebody to somebody, make sure you reach out and check in with them and get the help that you need. And ladies and gentlemen, I can't thank you enough again for the kind words. And as always, may your dribble kick never hit that post. I will catch you later. This has been episode 206 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on or at yankonthefooty at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram and at Facebook. All those links are over on my website, yankonthefooty.com. Thanks for listening. Please share the episode with your friends, especially if they're a cat supporter or a swan supporter, um, to get Bill's take on the grand final. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, this is Craig Wessels. Goodbye.